0: Hey, Jim. Thank you. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us on the podcast and share your experience uh, with building uh, Nirmata. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Raj. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So we get started off first with uh, you know, talking a little bit about uh, yourself and, and maybe a little bit about Nirmata as well. Obviously, we're going to cover that as part of the uh, you know the pitch and and uh, you know the the people process pieces, but just a, a little bit about yourself and your background will be helpful for the listeners.
1: Sure, um, yeah. So my background is in software engineering. I graduated from my master's degree uh, in the mid '90s in the from the University of Illinois, and you know started work in the telecommunications industry, right? Hmm. So I started, um, you know, in that uh, telecommunications network management space, worked at Bell Labs, at Motorola, and then in the late 90s, moved out to, you know, West to California, to Silicon Valley, I worked at a variety of different startups, uh, at Jetstream Communications, uh, which was a voice over DSL, c play, so also in the telecommunication space, then went to uh, trapeze networks and the wireless networking space. They were one of the early companies that brought WLAN. Today, of course, we take Wi-Fi for granted, but those days it was still a very novel concept. And then went to you know, Panelogic which was a VDI company for virtualized desktops uh, and ended up at Cisco where I ran a team uh, that was doing cloud computing, right? So there I got, you know, my role at Cisco was Uh, a slight step away from product and engineering and development roles. It was more leading a consulting team. And this was something that I specifically chose because I wanted to work very closely with customers. And I was fascinated with how these large solutions got built. So it gave me a lot of exposure to working with large enterprises, service providers, doing early cloud and virtualization projects. right. Uh, and that is where sort of the early ideas for what we are building and what we're bringing to market at Nirmata came about uh, as we kind of saw what, you know, was happening to the infrastructure as a service layers uh, and how that, you know, would transform even software and application development.
0: Oh, cool. Thank you. Thanks for the background. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, an interesting story. And I think at the last part of picking the, you know, uh, role at Cisco to sort of, you know, get more customer interaction certainly makes sense, uh, you know, in terms of trying to start and build something uh, on on by yourself at a later point in your career. So, yeah. Uh, so let's, um, you know, uh, sort of moving on in terms of the origin story. I think you, you mentioned that, you know, that's where you got the ideas. So maybe if you can talk a little bit about the pitch, right? You know, what, yeah. what the business and product vision for Nirmata is, and, and sort of, you know, what what you're trying to uh, uh, help uh, uh, customers in your, in your uh, journey?
1: Yeah. Yeah, quite simply, our mission is to empower autonomous teams to manage mission-critical applications, right? Today, we, you know, there's a lot of technology in the stack, like containers, Kubernetes, cloud providers. But if you kind of step back and think about it, everything we do today, how we are kind of, you know, uh, whether it's in our work lives, in our personal lives, everything is powered by software. Businesses run on software. Um, you know, if, we, if, we, if the internet goes down or one of the major sites, uh, you know, whether it's like a news provider or even a service provider like AWS goes down, hundreds or thousands of businesses can be impacted, right? So coming from the telecommunication space, again, what we had seen is, and there something that was drilled into me uh, when I started at Bell Labs was, look, what we're doing here, you know, lives depend on this, right? So, it, you know, to make a phone call, yes, of course, it, it could be for entertainment or, for, you know, just reaching out to somebody. But in many cases, it could be an emergency and that phone call must happen, Right. So similarly today, if you look at it, businesses depend on software in that manner, but it's dauntingly complex to build, run, operate applications at scale. So our mission was, you know, we saw that, you know, and at Cisco, I saw the infrastructure as a service layer go from, you know, data centers, um, you know, with a lot of technology that companies like Cisco and others were building to cloud computing with what AWS was, you know, at that time still in the very early phases of growth. Um, and, and then how services like Netflix and others were taking advantage of that to, to become what we now know as you know, global uh, powerhouses, right? And in, in their domains. So what was fascinating to us is, okay, how do we empower every software team to operate like a Netflix, to operate like a Google at scale And really the same philosophy, again, tying it back to our roots. And my background, it's it's interesting. My co-founders, Ritesh and Damien, they both come from a very similar type of path, right? So Ritesh, in fact, uh, he went to his grad school at Michigan State. Uh, He worked at Motorola also in the same group that I was at, but a few years after I had left, right? So we did not cross paths there. Uh, and, and then you know he also ended up in the Bay Area and, and ended up you know I, I you know met with him at trapeze networks where we were part of the early engineering team. Damien and I met at jetstream technologies and he was also he was you know with one of the vendors that was selling into Motorola into that wireless communication space. So all of us had this similar journey where we were seeing the evolution from, internet and communications to software becoming, you know, the dominant force in all of our lives. And now, you know, the the need to manage applications at scale, much like we had seen the management of complex systems, complex networks in, in, you know, data networking, wireless communications, things like that. I mean, if you, if you, again, you pick up a phone, you Um, you expect to, you know, that service to be always on and to be always provided. And the question we started out, you know, trying to solve, and our mission uh, has been kind of consistent all the way through, is why can't we have the same for applications, right? Why is it so complex? Why are there so many, you know, potential failures, security breaches, you know, other, you know, issues that, you know, folks have to deal with, teams have to deal with. To deploy, operate, manage applications at scale. So that was the initial kind of idea around, you know, Nirmata, and, and continues to be Nirmata. As you may know, uh, is an Indo-Aryan word for architect or director, right? So we thought the name was very fitting because we it kind of orchestrates. You can think of it as a control plane for applications uh, and for global teams that are, you know, managing these applications. So what we wanted to kind of do. Uh, And as the technologies we were looking at at those times, like uh, on top of the infrastructure as a service layer, were things like Cloud Foundry, Mesosphere, but none of those seemed to be what would be necessary for to unleash this level of productivity, right? So what happened around that timeframe in 2013 is there was a small company called DotCloud in the platform as a service space that was building, and every platform, every path, had their own technology to package applications underneath, and that they were packaging these applications in something known as containers. So much like you know, in the shipping industry or the transportation industry, you could have several different you know things you need to move from point A to point B, but all of those are put in standardized containers, and that makes it easy for that container to go from. Um, you know, kind of a freight train to a truck, uh, to a ship, a- and it's all very standardized. And there's uh, guidelines to to govern all of that uh, across the globe, across the world, right? Uh, and this empowers the entire shipping and transportation industry. So similarly, in the software space, uh, Dot Cloud, you know, they uh, unleashed this technology called Docker, which made it very easy to package applications as containers. And once that came onto the scene, we fell in love with that technology. We started doing work in the Docker ecosystem and did initially some consulting, working with uh, larger companies who were moving into this microservices style, architecture, adopting containers. We brought some products to market too, and this was back in 2013, 2014, but did not really see that potential for growth in the Docker ecosystem. And our kind of thinking was always we wanted to play the long game. We're not in a kind of this is not something, you know, the technologies we're building are going to be here for the next, you know, 10, 20 years and will change exactly uh, everything we're doing in in the software, again, management space. Right. So uh, from that point of view, um, we wanted to make sure we took our time and, and, you know, kind of grew the company, grew the business at the right inflection point. And that happened around 2017, 2018 is when we saw Kubernetes had emerged as the clear leader. And Kubernetes is a software system that was open source by Google. It's now part of the Linux foundation. So much like Linux powers a lot of our servers uh, and, and compute infrastructure, Kubernetes has very rapidly become the standardized operating system for applications uh, on the cloud, right? So whether and, and by cloud, you know it doesn't necessarily mean uh, just the hyperscalers. It could even be a private data center that's acting as a cloud computing system where you're pulling together servers. Famously, around that time frame around 2014 is when Google kind of you know uh, disclosed that every workload you re, you use from Google, right? whether it's search, Gmail, uh, ads, maps, whatever it is, all of these run as containers on their internal system, which was something called Borg. And now, you know, Kubernetes evolved out of those systems. It's, you know, there's a huge community, a group of vendors, including Nirmata, that contribute to Kubernetes. And we're kind of, you know, building solutions around this uh, to make it easy to use and become the platform of choice. For enterprise applications or any application across, you know, whether it's cloud data center or even edge deployments.
0: Great. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Jim. I think that was uh, helpful to understand uh, the sort of you know vision that you have for Nirmata as you've evolved over the years. Uh, so, speaking of company values, uh, and I just want to understand a little bit better. I saw on your uh, You know, website. You've sort of broken down values across core values, permission to play values, and tactical values. So, just curious as to sort of you know how 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 do you you know distinguish across the the three, right? Right. Obviously, core is clear, but you know the permission to play and tactical values. How does that fit in in terms of you know what you do as a company as a team, right?
1: Right. Yeah. So certainly, you know, there are values which which are very fundamental to us, and as as Myself, Damian, Ritesh kind of started Nirmata. We got together and kind of said, okay, what type of organization do we wanna build? What kind of company you know, uh, do we want Nirmata to be? And we wanted to make sure we were well aligned on those, right? So what was very clear to us is the type of folks who would be successful at, at Nirmata and around us uh, as we build a team are the ones with the, who shared that same core values of always being, you know, kind of looking to learn, always looking to improve, uh, to not have any egos, to be able to kind of, you know, play different roles. And one of the things we kind of list, which is a little bit controversial is, we're all willing to mop the floors, right? And, and we really mean that is to say, we will do when it comes to our customers, when it comes to delivering value and, and uh, to our, you know, whether it's our shareholders, our customers, our employees, all of us are willing to do what it takes right none of us are going to hold back uh we're all in and we're all going to kind of you know deliver and succeed together um the permission to play values are more what we you know think about as the basic uh, it's almost like the entry ticket right so we want to make sure that people have those as we're interviewing and we go through our interview process um and, and our you know candidates have commented it's fairly long fairly elaborate because we want to make sure that folks coming in have those right, you know, uh, that right alignment. And then certainly tactical values are things we follow day to day. So we're obsessed by our customers and, and you know, delivering value to them. We, you know, and it's not just about there's, there's this, of course, you know, you want to listen to your customers, you want to get the feedback, but you also want to kind of, uh, you know, help the customers by thinking one or two steps ahead of where they are today, right so our customers lean on us to to show them or to guide them towards or at least highlight the the options available, the choices available and, and always being fair and true to them right so if our solution is not the best fit, we're the first to let our customers know but if it is the best fit we're and you know if it can evolve to be we're also the first to let our customers know that right so, it's, a, it's definitely, we see this as a relationship that we build up over time and continue to grow and invest with. And we have customers you know, who are now uh, into you know, to several of our you know, enterprise customers, uh, signed multi-year contracts and have renewed multi-year contracts, which as a small company, as a startup, we're very proud of, right? Because these are large enterprises, uh, powering millions of you know, users across the globe Uh, in different, you know, sectors, and they are leveraging Nirmata to empower how their engineers sort of gain agility, uh, how they're able to deliver software uh, to their customers itself.
0: So, yeah, thanks for uh, walking through that. So, you know, continuing along in terms of the people aspect of it, uh, you know, you talked about your, your co-founders, you know, you'd worked with them earlier. So that's the sort of founding team. But as you sort of grow the organization, you, you talked about some of the values you look for in the people, uh, you know, that that's, uh, you know, one aspect of it. But once you sort of get them uh, on board, you know, how do you get them on the same page and how you function as a team, right? Like, you know, things right. like collaboration, conflict resolution, uh, just a, a little bit, you know, about that in terms of how you operate as a team, just so that it's helpful for others to understand, you know, how uh, your organization functions.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And then that's super important because of course, you know, in any family, in any team, there's always some, you know, kind of uh, conflict or a little bit of drama and that keeps our lives, you know, to some ways uh, entertaining, but as well as, you know, kind of uh, productive, right? Because I I always, you know, kind of, uh, first of all, Um, You know, one of the things we tell everyone and as people come into Nirmata, whether they're, you know, interns just starting out and early in their career or very seasoned, experienced folks, um, you know, who are kind of, you know, have seen and built several teams and companies and products in the past, um, none of us should have a fear of failing, right? And we we kind of come together, we want to work hard. And in fact, one of the things I always mention to folks is, If you're not failing at some things, we're probably not trying hard enough, right? Because if everything's perfect, if we're getting everything right, we need to push ourselves more. We should be failing at at least, you know, like 10%, 20% of what we are taking on because otherwise we're not taking on challenging enough goals, right? So that's one of the first things and everybody learns when they come to Nirmata is, look, we want to set really big ambitions, big goals and meet those. And the second thing is there's no no idea which is considered a bad idea. We kind of listen to as, you know, feedback or inputs or ideas come in um, from every everybody in every role. Uh, we're very open in terms of that communication, uh, as well as, you know, kind of um, taking that feedback and incorporating it into the right places. Right. So it could be. Um, back into our culture and our playbook, back could be in the product area, uh, could be anything, right? So certainly from that point of view, um, one of the things we had to go through is as we kind of went from a small team, uh, we also then expanded um, You know, in, so our teams are based in San Jose mostly as well as then in Bangalore, India. And now we have uh, once the pandemic happened of course, um, you know, on both uh, in the India offices as well as um, in the U.S., uh, everyone went fully remote, right? Mm-hmm. So we had to adapt to that and come up with some guidelines and best practices. And in fact, it, it's one of those things that now we look back and, you know, I think about why didn't we do this sooner, right? Because uh, it it frees up, especially in what we do. I mean, There is a need to meet face to face, and we try to do that in each location at least once a month. But at the same time, there's a lot of efficiency to be gained, both in our, you know, from from cutting down on things like commute times, um, cutting down on travel, uh, as well as being able to have some flexibility in scheduling, things to that nature, right? So some of the best practices we've been able to put into place are, you know, emphasizing asynchronous, um, you know, kind of communications as much as possible, using the tools uh, that we have in place for that, um, getting everybody, you know, one of the things we often overlook as engineers is we don't think about communication and writing uh, as important skills, right? But what we find as we kind of progress into our careers and as we are mentoring folks coming into Nirmata those are probably as important, if not more important, uh, than being able to kind of solve a problem, right? Because uh, you, yes, you can solve the problem, but if you can communicate to others how you solved it and why you chose the solution, that's what really matters, right? Because communication skill is key. So those are the sort of things we really emphasize in the type of team and culture we're building. I mean, conflicts, of course, like you know, and it's it's good to have some differences of opinions and diversity in opinions. So certainly from a te- technical point of view, we highly encourage that, right? And say that bring different you know, viewpoints to the table. And um, you know, we have to listen and kind of see which one works best and which one doesn't. We're also major contributors in open source. So our, because we, you know, we are an open core community, our company and from a business model point of view um, we work with Kubernetes quite heavily, so we interact with several other vendors uh, several other companies uh, and teams all across the world you know in the open source community, right So that also instills another level of discipline, culture okay. and, and, and a sense of you know within the cNCF especially and it's interesting, right like the as the internet initially uh, when it came about online personalities tended to be very different than in-person, right? You could be polite to somebody in person, but back at that time, people thought that they could get away being uh, perhaps rude or something else online, right? Yep. Nowadays, and the type of community that CNCF, CNCF is the governing body for Kubernetes. Uh, our open source projects, one of which is called Kiverno, uh, are also part of CNCF but they emphasize kindness and you know, proper, they have a lot of you know, good best practices in place for how teams and folks should communicate to each other, work with each other, as well as being you know, open and embracing uh, to diversity and to difference, again, whether it's set of opinions, backgrounds, cultures, whatever it may be, right? So certainly we, we cherish all those values and we embrace them and also incorporate them in everything we do within Nirmata itself.
0: Great, thank you. Thanks. Uh, I guess the next piece of it, in terms of the process, you know, how you build and uh, you know make and operate things at Nirmata. I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about sort of you know the hypothesis testing aspect of you know your uh, product and solution. Uh, you know how how do you sort of engage with with uh, customers in, in in that path of uh, you know building your stuff and then validating uh, in terms of uh, you know meeting the customer needs and so forth just right. more of the the approach that you've taken obviously one thing that you talked about is the open source model i don't know when you started maybe you had a different approach and then you know evolved uh, to to sort of an open source right. model things like that right what sort of uh, uh, you know hypothesis you started with and then you know, how you evolved that over a period of time
1: right yeah, so certainly, whether it's our sales and go to market, uh, as well as on the engineering side, we always adopt an iterative process in terms of, you know, take a few steps kind of um, uh, then and stop and reevaluate and then proceed further, right? There's this great, um, you know, kind of thing, um, uh, you know, something called the OODA loop, which I, I think if I recall correctly, it was something that fighter pilots are uh, trained in how to process any any situation, right? Uh, and it kind of uh, st- the, the it's the acronym is OODA, so it's um, you know some something about like observe, orient, decide, and act,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a really good framework which we follow for pretty much everything we do, right? So you have to observe and assess things around you, you have to orient yourself to your surroundings and changes in those. Uh, but then you have to make a decision, right? You can't kind of be numb. The the worst thing to do is to not decide and not act, right? Uh, But you do that and you can repeat that loop, you know, uh, I guess if you're a fighter pilot, maybe several times a second, if you're running a startup, uh, you, you know, maybe it's a little bit slower than that, but sometimes it does feel like we're making those decisions very rapidly as information is coming at us, as changes are being made, right? And even in our go-to-market, like you mentioned, we did start with a more traditional enterprise sales model. We we closed some very large deals, large customers. So I had, you know, good success with that. But really, again, for us to build a scalable business, a scalable brand that lasts for decades, the thinking was, you know, we have to understand how the buying process works today. And even just take us for as consumers, right? I, I remember... The first car, like after I graduated uh, and got my first job and saved up some money and, you know, uh, wanted to buy my first new car, I actually went to a library and and got a book on how to buy a car, right? Because to me, like it was a terrifying thought about going to a dealer and trying to negotiate and because I had no idea what do I ask for, what do I do so that, uh, you know, to me, the source of information was a book. Uh, and I read through that and prepared myself and uh, went to to buy a car now fast forward today uh, twenty years uh, you know later, you can get ev- all of the information you want from YouTube you can find out every last detail and be a much more knowledgeable consumer um, and you can know the product you want to buy, you can fall in love with it even before you touch it or you see it right uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of people today you know and um, even in our family, we as we purchased a car about a year ago or so, uh, everything was done online and the car was delivered to us, right? So it was an extremely different experience. So relating that back to you know Nirmata and what we're doing, my thought process always is like, okay, if that can happen for these big life purchases, why isn't that the model we follow for enterprise sales and enterprise software, right? Why not let my, our customers fall in love with the product even before they come to our salesperson and, and want to you know, use the product? So that's the power of open source. That's the power of, of you know, SaaS and cloud-based technologies that customers can really you know, get engaged with the product, can use it, see how it solves their pain points. There's nothing hidden anymore, right? They, they understand. And when they come to us, they're ready to buy. And we're mm-hmm. seeing that cycle, you know, uh, kick in and it's extremely powerful. It's something that, you know, no company that's still trying to do classic sales can compete with that, right? Because the uh, the the reach of open source, the reach of the ability through community driven and um, that experience that users get is also so much more satisfying, right? And today, of course, developers, you know, are the ones who are influencing, if not making those type of decisions in terms of what software gets used, what kind of technologies get used, and how you know enterprises are doing their buying. So all of that led us to you know, move heavily into the open source. And it's not just about using open source for marketing and sales, but really being very you know, active in the community, right? Because to us, um, we want to shape the future of Kubernetes. We want to be Ones that make Kubernetes secure by default, consumable by every enterprise, no matter again whether they're cloud-based, data center, or edge-based, whatever type of software they're building and deploying, that's kind of what motivates and drives
0: us. Great, thank you. Thanks. That was uh, you know helpful to understand how it spans not just your uh, you know go-to-market side, but also shapes your you know how you develop and and yeah build these solutions. Um, thank you thanks uh, jim it was uh, you know fantastic uh, talking with you understanding uh, you know the journey of how you started nirmata how you evolved over the period of time building nirmata and uh, sort of the, the process of building uh, you know uh, Nirmatha. want to wish you and the team the very best and uh, thank you once again for taking the time to come on and and uh, share your uh, story
1: my pleasure thanks for having me raj
0: thank you thanks